tonight I want to talk about uh, embracing all people. And uh, when I say embracing, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, giving them a big, oh, well, I guess you can if you want, but not necessarily giving them a good old manly hug, and, uh, or, or a womanly hug, of course, depending on what gender you are. And, uh, but I'm talking about the ability to welcome every kind of person into your life. And you see, one, for us, us as Kiwis, we're not that great at that necessarily. And, uh, you know, we tend to kind of welcome the people into our lives that, that we really like and that had the same personality makeup as us. But you see, for us to be a people of influence, embracing people is one of the most key, that doesn't make sense, but is one of the best and biggest things that, uh, that we need in our life. You see, you can be the most talented person like these guys were. However, if you don't have the capacity to love and embrace people, then it's all for nothing. You see, it's not about how gifted you are. It's not about how talented you are. It's actually about your ability to love and welcome and embrace all people. Because you see, talents and giftings are trained and learned. So if I want you to be the best, the best kids leader or the best preacher, then we can get someone who's really good at that and train you up how to do that. Of course, now some are called to be that and others not necessarily. However, we could train you in, in the, the structures of, of how that all happens. But you see, the ability to embrace all people is far greater. It's, it's a thing that is far more important than the skills and the abilities that you have. You see, I'm going to jump into a verse that Pastor Doug uh, spoke on this morning. So I thought it was so cool that uh, I thought I'd just uh, grab a hold of that as well. And uh, you see, it's about your capacity to embrace people from all walks of life. You see, the question I want to ask you tonight is if someone entered this building full of tats, started up to the hilt, how, what would your reaction be? If someone walked into this place, and maybe that hygienically they weren't that great, you know, maybe they, had a, maybe they didn't have a lot of money and stuff, and they were just in desperate need. Their life, like their life had come to, to the bitter end, and they needed someone or something to help them, and they thought, hey, I know of this church down on Mahu Road. I might go in there and see, see if they can help me a little bit. And so they walk into this place, maybe they smell a little bit, maybe they haven't, haven't showered, or that they're just dirty clothes. What's your response to that? What would your response be to that person? When someone who might be a little weird, and I tell you, we've all got weird tendencies, someone who might be a little strange, which actually is a bit of all of us, comes up to you and wants to have a conversation because they've got a need in them and a desire in them to be loved, and accepted because the world doesn't love and accept them, what would your response be? See, that's a challenge for all of us. It's easy for us to love and accept and embrace people who we're really good friends with. It's easy for us to do that, but that's not, that's not where the challenge lies. The challenge lies for us to be able to do that to all people, to be able to embrace all people, to have the capacity to, to handle all sorts of different people. And I tell you what, friends, this is one thing that will qualify you to be an effective, per, effective leader and effect, have effective influence over people's lives. You see, in 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 to 7, I'm just going to just abbreviate it here. Basically, it says this. It says, if you could speak another language or knew the languages of angels, if you had the gift of prophecy, if you could understand all of God's secret plans, if you possessed all knowledge and had such faith that you could move mountains, I tell you, man, you would be something else. 
you would be awesome. I'd be coming up and getting some um, stuff off you, so learning some stuff from you. It says, even if you gave everything you had to the poor and even sacrificed your body, if you did all those things, but without love, it means nothing. If you did all of that stuff, but without, without love, it meant nothing. You see, that's the challenge for all of us, and it continues on down in verse 4. It says, love is patient, kind. Love is not jealous, boastful, or proud. It's not rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustices. Whenever the truth, it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith and is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. You see, it doesn't matter how gifted you are. It's about how much you love and welcome people. It's about how much you embrace people from all walks of life. You see, people think that having lots of money is influence. People think that being famous is influence. People think that uh, having the coolest car is, is being a person of influence. But I want to tell you something tonight, that actually none of that matters if you don't have love. None of that matters if you can't embrace all people. You see, I remember when I was at school, and, uh, you know, and, and I, I didn't do that great at school. You know, I found it quite difficult. And when I was in fifth form, I think it was, you know, I, I remember doing accounting, not sure why, because uh, it's not me at all. But uh, I guess it just looked like a cool subject to pick. And, uh, and so I remember doing counting, and I remember just kind of, you know, struggling in school and, and, and struggling in that subject particularly. And, and I remember the teacher saying to me, and see, often we do this, but it's not necessarily with the words like what happened to me. The teacher said to me, he said, because I found it a little difficult, I tended to sort of muck up a little bit. And so what he said to me was, he said, Steve, you're in my class. And I don't, I don't really care what you do. I don't care whether you do the work or not. But all I need from you is that you don't disrupt the class. So actually, you can go and sit down the back and just do nothing. I don't care. Just don't want you to be quiet. See, this is a person of influence over my life. This is a person who is supposed to train me and help me. But he said those words, I don't care how you go in this, I don't, I don't, basically he was saying, I don't care about you, so long as you don't annoy me and try and disrupt what I'm trying to do. You see, friends, there are many people here, and even at school, we heard a testimony last week about someone struggling at school, about how she's pushed into God, and she's seen God break through. You see, friends, for some of us, we've had those words spoken, but for other times, what we do is we may not speak the words, but what we do is by our actions, we sideline people. You see, because if we don't think that, that you fit into my circle of trust or, or you're the kind of person that I want to hang out with, maybe you've got a different personality than what I do and I kind of don't really mix with yours personality, what we do is we sideline them. You see, you might not sideline them with the words that, that, that you speak, but you sideline them by the way you act. By the way you act to those people, you stay in your little clique and, and you don't welcome people in. You see, I remember being at school, and, and I hear from the kids that this still goes on, especially seemed to happen with, with females, and where, you know, you've got your little clique and all the group of friends, and the next minute, the next day, you're not in my group anymore, and I don't like you, and then 
day later, she's back in the group and now someone else is out of the group. It's like in and out of the group all the time. You see, we're not called to be those kind of people. We're called to embrace, embrace people, embrace all sorts of people. You see, there's one thing, like I have different levels of friendship here. I've, and within my, I was saying to my leaders the other night that, that, you know, I have different levels of friendship within their, within their leadership team. Some guys I've been w- walked with, walked through life for years. We've walked through the good and the bad times. Others I don't know so well. I don't have such a close relationship. However, the one thing that is the same is that my desire for every one of them is to see them possess and walk in the plans that God has for their life. Is to see them stand up in the call that God has for them. Maybe they're called to be the best preacher. Maybe they're called to be the best worshiper. Maybe they're called to minister to hundreds of kids. Whatever their call is. My desire, even though my relationships are different, there's some in there that, you know, their their personalities I might find more difficult to to connect with than others. However, the one thing that is the same is my desire for them to to walk in the plans and the purposes that God has for them. And all I can do to be a part of them fulfilling that, I will do. And I want to be a part of. You see, for us here, they're different. we have different levels of relationship here with people. However, the one thing that should be the same is that our desire for one another is to see God be all that He can be in our lives. You know, the beauty about that is that then that helps you to embrace all people. Because I hear all the time, where, oh, yeah, but I just, their personality is so different. I just, I don't get that personality. I don't like that personality. I struggle with that personality. So I just don't want to be friendly to them. I don't want to be nice to them. You know, I just I find it really difficult. You see, friends, if we've got an underlying thing that is motivating us, we're actually, I want to see the best in your life. Then that helps us to actually overcome and look past all of that stuff. You see, so often, by the way we act to people, you know, it's the cold shoulder. It's the, you know, someone tries to come into our group and talk and, and we just ignore them as if they're not even there. Or they ask us, you know, hey, look, you know, I'm just, can you help me? You know, where do I go? How do I do this? And you're like, it's over there. I don't know. Doesn't make people feel welcomed. It doesn't make people feel loved. It doesn't make people feel, feel valued. You see, friends, Jesus values you and I. You see, Jesus hopped out of heaven, walked on earth, did miracle after miracle, and still people didn't embrace him. Still, see, even he suffered the same thing. People wanted to crucify him because people thought of Jesus when he came out of heaven would be one where he'd be crowned in the coolest robe, where he'd have all the crowns, he'd have all the jewels, he'd come in in the chariots and be this really cool king. They never thought he'd be a carpenter's son. They never thought that he would walk in an ordinary person. You see, friends, people walk into this place. If we don't accept them, if we don't value them, they could be the next best preacher. They could be the next worship leader who will worship lead in front of thousands. They could be the next person to raise someone from the dead. And we have just gone and said, you don't look the way I think you should look. You see, people struggle to embrace Jesus because their thoughts of what he would look like was different. But you see, even though Jesus walked on the earth, died for you and I and often we think you know oh yeah but he's Jesus man you know he he probably didn't feel the pain as much you know it says that he was fully man yeah but he's Jesus he's a man without sin yeah but that's because he was Jesus you know he's got to have 
you know, he's just got something to help him out. Surely the pain wouldn't have been so bad because he's Jesus. It's a little different than, than what we have to go through. But you see, it says this in, um, in Mark 14, verse 36, it says, Jesus knew what he, was about to, well, what he was about to go through. He knew the pain that he was about to, about to be put upon him. Because he says this, Father, he cried out, if everything is possible for you, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. You see, Jesus knew what he was about to go through. He was about to go through a traumatic, painful death on the cross so that he could have a relationship with you and I. So that he could have a relationship with you and I. So that we could come into a relationship with him. He died on the cross. He died on the cross for you and I. You see, Jesus never gives up on you, friend. Jesus embraces you and welcomes you and, and, and wants a relationship with you, all, with all your good attributes and all the bad ones. He wants it all. He wants every part of you. See, Jesus' grace is so much for you and I that even when we sin and we hurt our Father, He continues to love us. Even when we're tired and we don't pray, he still loves you. Even when you ignore Jesus and tell him to stay at the door because you're going to go and hang out with your friends and you're embarrassed about being a Christian, he still loves you. He still continues to embrace you. He still continues to pursue you. He still continues to pursue that relationship with you. Because his heart for every one of us is to be all that we can be. Man, I reckon if, if, I was, if, if I was Jesus and I saw some of the things that I did, I'd be just thinking, man, there's no hope for you. You know, it's like, man, I'd just... And we'd all probably think that if we really thought about it. You know, how hey, you've done some cool things, but man, I've done some stuff that, you know, is not honoring to God at all. And I wonder how he could still love me. But he does. How he can t continue to accept me. But he does. So actually, because he does that for us, we should do that for all people. We should do that for others. Doesn't matter how they look. Doesn't matter what part of the street they live in. Doesn't matter how they dress. Doesn't matter what their personality is like. Doesn't matter. That's not what determines whether or not you will value people. You see, I was thinking of three things that would hinder us, and the first thing is this from embracing all people. The first thing is this, is, is the state of your inner life. You see, friends, if your inner life is, is going through turmoil and you've got fear, you've got insecurities, you've got things that are in your life, then actually that determines the way you relate to people. So actually, so you can continue living with your stuff. However, it will also affect the way you live life. Because everything you do is out of that brokenness. Everything you do is out of the pain and the hurt. You see, if I had to continue to hold on to the words that that teacher spoke to me when I was in fifth form, then that would affect my life. I wouldn't be up here where I am today. Because every time I'd try and step out, I would hear those words. You're not good enough. I don't care what you do. You'll never be anything. You'll never be anything. Get up to try and talk. To, you'll never be anything. Get up in front of people. You'll, be, you'll never be anything. 
You see, friends, you've got to deal with your inner life. Out of the heart. Out of the heart. What's in your heart, what's in your inner life, affects what comes out of you. You see, if you're broken inside, and you've had people who have really hurt you, people who you've opened your life up to, people who you've trusted, people who you, maybe you've shared a really important part of your life that not many people know, and, and, and they've abused that, and they've, they've taken advantage of that stuff that you've told them, they've told others. And see, if you haven't allowed God to heal that, and I'll tell you, the pain is real, for sure. Get it totally. We all go through that life, and, and it hurts. It really hurts when people let you down. However, their stuff is their stuff. God will keep them accountable for what they do. But you're accountable for your life. You're accountable for you to stay in a place of faith, to stay in a place where God continues to heal the brokenness on the inside so that you can continue to walk in all that God's got. You see, when you go to heaven and you stand before the Lord and the Lord Jesus God, He says to you, He says, man, I had all this cool stuff. He lays it all out before you. You know, your life's been pretty cool, but uh, you've actually only ever got to here where God wanted you to go to here. And He lays out all the rest of the plans He had for you. You're like, yeah, but God, didn't you see how mean that person was to me five years before that? God, didn't you see when, when I laid out and poured out my heart to my best friend and they grabbed that information and they told everyone and that really hurt and shut me down. So now I never trusted anyone in God. That's why I was never able to just walk in what you call me to be. God, that's why I was never able to, those plans that you had for me, God, cool. But I was never able to walk in that, God, because I couldn't trust people again. See, God will say, well, you should have come to me. You should have allowed me to heal the brokenness. You should have allowed me to heal the pain. So then you could continue on. You know, it's not about just, oh, it doesn't hurt me. Cool, I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm hard, I'm sweet, bulletproof. No one's bulletproof, friends. None of us are bulletproof. We've all got stuff in our lives that hurt us. We've all got stuff in our lives and brokenness and things that people have done that affect us. Whether it looks like it, whether it appears that way on the outside, on the inside, we're all vulnerable. We all have a need to be loved. We all have a need to be accepted. However, you need to come to the cross and allow him to heal your inner life so that now you can embrace all people, so that now you can walk in the plans and the purposes that God has for you. You know, the second thing is negativity. We are a negative people. Kiwis are negative as anything. I'll tell you, when the All Blacks are going bad, we moan. When they're going good, we love them. They lose the next week. Ah, oh, fire the coach. He's useless. Need a new captain. They're hopeless. No one turns up to the airport even though they've been like the number one team for years. Oh, you know, things just, you look at the newspapers, it's so negative. It's just negative, negative, negative. Listen to the words that come out of your mouth and start to evaluate what actually comes out of your mouth. Are you faith speaking or do you always see the problems? Yeah, but I'm just trying to help, you know, people trying to, to be all they can be. So I just, you know, want to always just show them their problems. Yeah, there's a good, there, I mean, there's some truth in that. But actually in the right season, in the right time, it's not about continuing everything that comes out of your mouth is negative. Every, everything that comes out of your mouth is, is just, oh, man, you really shouldn't wear those shoes. Yeah, they really don't do it for your, for your style. Really, they don't. You know, you really, that shirt you're wearing, Doug, tonight? I tell you, it's got to go. I'm just giving a feedback. However, it's negative. 
I reckon I could let it slide. You know, watch what comes out of our... Actually, it's a cool shirt. I'm, I'm just using it as an example. Nearly dropped the microphone. Man, wouldn't have been back on the stage. So, you know, it's like negativity, man. We've got to just push past that. We've got to push past that. Don't allow negativity to sit on you. Because I tell you, it's the opposite of faith. God wants us to be faith-filled, not full of neg- negativity. God wants us to see that God is the God of the impossible and that anything can happen, anything that, that God wants in our lives, that we can soar to those heights as opposed to seeing the problems. Negativity. We've got to push past that. You know, for some of us, we have a real need to be recognized. We have a desire within everyone. We have a desire to just be, I, want to, I just need to be in a position. I just need to be in a position of leadership. I need to be recognized. Oh, and if they don't recognize me, then I'm going to go somewhere else until they do. You see, that hinders your ability to embrace all people. Because if you've got a need inside of you to be fulfilled of trying to be recognized and, trying, and, try, and wanting a position, then actually you'll push past people to get to the right people who can help you get to that position. And you won't care who you hurt. You won't care who you hurt. You'll push past them. You'll be negative about them. If you've got a need for a position, you'll be putting down everyone else, trying to highlight all their faults and trying to lift up all your good points. Oh, Pastor Steve's message was hopeless. You should have seen the funny clip that he showed. Definitely not allowed in church. Man, he should never be allowed up on stage again. He nearly dropped the microphone. He mocked Pastor Doug's shirt. He should never be allowed on stage again. But now if you put me on stage, whoo, I tell you, the words that come out of my mouth are faith-filled. There'd be no naughty clips. There'd be no comments about shirts. There'd be no unshavenness. There'd be no, it'd be just perfect, Pastor Mike. You should so put me up there. It's not honoring to God. It's not embracing all people. Not saying that any of you do that, of course, but look out for it. You know, the thing with, the, I, was, I was talking to my wife, and uh, you know, the thing about a marriage is this, and, and those of you who are married who will know, those of you who are not married yet, take notes. Really important. All right, here we go. A little lesson on marriage. So when you get married, and you stand up on the altar, you say your vows, till death do us part, sickness and health, and, and through bad times and good times, I'll be there, I'll stick by you, darling. You see, that, right there is words that get spoken all the time in marriages and actually doesn't mean much these days see marriage is busting up all over the show whatever happened to the death to us part whatever happened to the fact you die man i'm here until you die i'm right next to you darling until you die you see what happens in marriages is that you get married in the first year man it's a honeymoon year it's awesome the second year it's pretty close behind in awesomeness the third year, it's still looking pretty cool. Fourth year, right on. Fifth year, whew, man, I tell you, it's starting to just, it's, it's not bad, but, you know, it's, it's uh, now I start to see all the stuff that I never saw before. And it's like, I wonder what I even saw in you. Of course, it's not me and my wife, because, man, we love each other, man. She is awesome. She's the best wife ever. However, you hear, I remember, you, oh, yeah, anyway. Oh, you hear this all the time. 
where, you know, marriages, man, it's like the love is huge right at the start, and then, and then after a while, you know, it's kind of a work in progress, and you've got to kind of, they say, marriage couples always say this, that, you know, your love deepens over time, and it does, it really does. It's no longer just the physical attraction thing. You know, it's, it's true love. It really is. As time goes on, that true love, it's not about just the way you look. It's true love. You know, the initial attraction is the way you look. But then the love gets true as time goes on. And you know the thing about true love, Pastor Lynn's laughing. She knows what I'm talking about. And the thing about true love is that true love stands by you through the good and the bad. Through the good and the bad. The good times I'm there for you, the bad times I'm there for you. See, it's not about all of a sudden now in a marriage, and this is what happens to a lot of marriages, all of a sudden you see all the bad things and all the things that you know you don't like so much that they can't cook. You know, the, the clothes are not that great. The clothes they buy for you are even worse. You know, you get home after work and you know the kids aren't showered, the kids aren't bathed, dinner's not made. You know, they start looking at you in a bad way. You know, they're stressed and tired because they've had a full-on day with the kids and they're snapping at you. And you're like, and you're like man, I don't like that stuff. That's not cool. You weren't like that a few years ago. And so we start to allow that stuff right there to influence us. And, and, and the moment we start to look at that stuff and we allow that stuff to get big in our lives, then marriages begin to separate. Husband and wives begin to pull apart as opposed to keeping them in their heart, as opposed to keeping, it's not about the little things. It's about the fact that I love you unconditional. It's about the fact that my love continues on. My love continues on no matter what, through the good and the bad. You see, but people start to allow the little things, they start nagging at you and nagging at you and nagging at you until your heart separates from her heart or his heart and you start to pull away. And you start to pull away. And you say, I don't love her anymore. It's not that you don't love. It's just that you've allowed your hearts to separate because you've allowed the little things, you've allowed negativity to sit on in there as opposed to looking at the good things, keeping hold of your wife or your husband. You see, that's what Jesus does for us. That's what we need to do for others. We need to embrace all people. We need to embrace all people. You know, four keys that help us to embrace. I'm going to whip through these. The first one is this, is uh, we need to extend grace to others. Jesus extends it to us. We need to extend it to other people. And you see in Genesis 9, 21 to 23, we see Noah. And we all know the story where he goes and gets drunk. He's in his tent butt naked and he's dancing around and so his first son cruises on in there and sees his dad and you know the interesting thing about it was the first thing that he does is that he runs outside to tell his to tell his brothers hey guess what you wouldn't believe what i saw dad he is really going for it in the tent you know what the other brothers do they don't go in there to take a look at their dad in his moment of vulnerability. It says that they grab a, grab a cloth, they put it over their shoulders, and they walk him backwards into their tent, into his tent. They don't even go in frontwards. They walk him backwards, and then they cover him up. You see, the first son was to expose. The second two, their heart was to cover up in his moment of weakness, was to extend grace. And they didn't even allow them 
themselves to be affected by what they saw. So they walked them backwards so they would never see their father at that vulnerable stage. See, what is it that, that you do when people come to you and they've had a bad day, they've had a moment, they're grumpy, maybe they give you a bad look, maybe they say something that they shouldn't? What is it that you do? What's your first initial response? Is it like the first son and you go and you run and tell everyone, you wouldn't believe what he did? Or is your heart to cover and, and, and extend grace? And I'm not talking about covering serious sin or anything like that. Hear me when I say cover. It's not about that, man. That needs to just come to the light and you need to allow people to deal with stuff. However, we all have bad days. We all have bad days and we, just, we might say something we shouldn't. We might you know, look, at you, look at someone the way we shouldn't. We might you know, ignore you when we shouldn't. You know, stuff like that. You know, sometimes it's just about extending grace. Sometimes it's about extending grace and just saying, oh, well, they're having a bad day. You know, I'm not going to go and run off and tell everyone I can. And maybe the opportunity presents itself when you can say to that person, hey, look, when you said that to me, that really hurt. You know, that's the godly thing right there. Go to the person. Go to the person when somebody does something. Don't nitpick and don't talk to everyone else and try and tell everyone else because you want to be the center of, of, of knowing it all. That's not godly. That's not extending grace. That's not covering. That's not embracing all people. Because when you have your moment of weakness... You're not going to want people to do that for you. And you see, God extends grace. He allows and gives us seasons. And, and when we're going through stuff, when we're vulnerable, when we're making mistakes, where, when we're doing things that we shouldn't and nobody knows about, you know, God's grace is so huge that He continues to cover. He continues to allow that time of grace for you to be able to sort it out. See, God's not quick to expose. However, if you never deal with it, then things seem to come to the light. We've got to extend grace. We've got to extend grace. We've got to be people who extend grace. The second thing is you've got to pray for them. You know, it's really important that when, when you've got people that you struggle to embrace, and these four keys really apply to those who you struggle to embrace because it's easy to love people who you love and be nice to people who you, who you really connect with. But this is about connecting with people and embracing people who aren't easy for you to embrace and we all have those ones it's about extending grace it's about praying for them it's about allowing god to and, and allowing god to just uh, just keep them in your heart allowing god to just hold them in that place allowing god to just change the way that you would look at them and to do that you've got to keep them in that place keep them in your heart and you do that by praying continue to pray for them pray that god you would help them god you would help me to be graceful god you would help me to just look past the things that the little things that i don't like the third thing is you got to bless them is really important when you sow into someone you know there's a connection that can take place with that person so when someone is really mean and, and nasty or you don't like them we just don't really care too much and and you just struggle to hang out with them when you bless them it does something it does something in the spirit so first you pray, and then you allow God to show you, God, what is it that they need? So then you can bless them. The fourth thing is this. There's purpose to look for their good traits. Because you see, everyone has them. So often we just get keep in the things that we don't like about people. Look past that, push it to the side, and start to look for the good traits about people. Good traits about people. Because we all have them. You see, this church is going to grow. God's called this place to be a place that would not be contained. God has called this place to be a place that wouldn't stay at 700-odd. 
but we'll continue on through over to the thousands, to the 1500s, to the 2000s, where we move out of this place where, where this is just too small now. See, this place will grow. But the ability for you to embrace all people will help it to grow quicker. Because see, when new people walk into this place, it's how they are treated right from the start determines whether or not they will stay. See, we could have the best music, the best lights, the best facility, all that. But if we don't have love, it's all for nothing. If we can't embrace people, it's all for nothing. You see, I've heard of people come into this place and new people, and, and they've said, you know, we've been here for six months and no one's said anything to us. You see, that's the challenge for us, for you and I, to go and find those people, leave, that, leave the click of our friends, and go and meet the new ones, to say hi to the new people, to embrace the new people, so that this place can be a place that people would come, people would feel loved, people would feel accepted, the bank can come, where people would just start to feel the love of God in this place. You see, the love of God can, it can be here, you know, and worship and like the love of God is just residing in this place, is saturating in this place and everyone feels love and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. That is awesome and we want more of that. However, there's a practical love also that needs to go with that. And that's only something that you and I can do. We need to embrace all people. From all walks of life. With every eye closed right now. You know, maybe you're here, maybe this is your first time. Or maybe you've been coming for a little while and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ that so you know you should. Maybe you've walked away from Him and you've asked Him into your life before. And, uh, and, and maybe because of whatever circumstances, you've walked away. You see, tonight, friends, is your night where you can come to know Jesus. Tonight, friends, is your night where you, if you've never asked Him into your life or if you're backslidden, where you can allow God to come and fill your life again and be your Lord and Savior. I'll tell you, it's the best step you could ever make. Because even though I've been talking about embracing people and loving all, actually Jesus is the only cool one at it. Jesus is the only one who will continue to love you no matter what. He's the one, only one who's got it all together because the rest of us are just human. So see, you could look for love in all sorts of other places. And I'll tell you, friends, you'll never find it. You'll never find it. Jesus Christ is the only one who you'll find that in. See, if I didn't know Jesus today, then the words that were spoken to me 15 years ago, plus other words that were spoken during those schooling years, would have messed my life up. And I'd be messed up right now. But because of Jesus Christ, because of a decision that I made to follow Him, to allow Him to come and be the Lord and Savior of my life, because of that decision that I made, my life is radically changed. Many people's lives here are radically changed because of that decision, because of that step. And I'll tell you, friends, it's the best step you could ever make. I would never have it any other way. Because now I've got someone when things are tough who I can go to. Now I've got someone when people hurt me that I can, that I can call upon who I know will continue to love.
now I've got someone when I'm in a vulnerable state and I don't want to hang out with people because I'm afraid of what they'll say or what they'll do. Now I've got someone who I can go to who I know will continue to love. So if that's you here tonight, friends, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ or maybe you're backslidden and you want to come back to him, then I just want to extend that opportunity to you tonight. If that's you here, why don't you just lift your hands right where you are, with every eye closed and every head bowed. I'll tell you, best decision you could ever make. Best decision you could ever make. Jesus. Jesus, right now, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. One last chance as I look upon and around this auditorium. If that's you here, Holy Ghost, why don't you slip your hand up really high so I can see it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. How many others would say tonight that, yep, Steve, I'm not that great at embracing people. And I, 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 need, I need God to just come and just help me. You know, I'm really good with, with the friends and the ones that I'm close with, but ones that, that look different or act different or their personality is different, I struggle with those ones. If that's you here tonight, while every eye is still closed, why don't you just lift your hands up and say, yes, Steve, that, that, that's me. That's something I need to work on. Many hands going up. And it's something I still need to work on and are continuing to work on because I am perfect. Thank you, Lord.